Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality Hangouts and Headlines Edition. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and I am so, so happy to be back. How is everybody doing today? How have you been? I'm sorry I was gone a little longer than I thought I would be, frankly, after coming back from vacation. It took me a little bit of time to get back into the swing of things in terms of waking up at this early hour to hang out with you all. Uh, But also I had a number of things that happened this week that really needed my time and attention in the day job sign of things. Sometimes you have deals, sometimes you have transactions and closings that really just need you to get them done on a deadline. uh, And that was in fact the case as I returned to work after the 4th of July holiday here in the United States. Uh, But I'm very, very happy to be back. I'm very happy to be hanging out with everybody. I'm anticipating this is going to be Uh, a chiller day, a little bit more hanging out, a little bit more talking about topics that might otherwise interest you or me. Um, We do have some headlines to talk about, some of which I think are pretty interesting, especially in the way that court cases, lawsuits are reported on in the media and a particular kind of bugaboo that I have, which is that reporting gets done relatively in the same manner, with the same tone, with the same voice, Uh, No matter whether you're talking about the end of a lawsuit, the end of a trial, uh, like we did with uh, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp and things of that nature, or whether you're talking about some motion practice. Uh, And what we've got going on with respect to the Fox case that you saw on the thumbnail to this video is a motion kind of concept. So there are pleading standards that apply. There are things that the court has to take into account with how it interprets what has been put in front of it. And I think that's often lost in the wash when we look at the reporting. But I get ahead of myself because first and foremost, I want to hear where everybody's uh, hanging out with me from. I want to hear how everybody's doing uh, and just kind of chat with everybody so that we can get up to speed a little bit, get our morning going here uh, and otherwise uh, get back into the swing of things. So first and foremost, we do have a couple of super chats. Greetings from Eorzea. Good billboard breakdown vid. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, we were doing virtual legality primes as well, trying to get up back into doing everything for the channel that we love to do here. If you didn't catch this, I did a video in virtual legality yesterday um, about a very interesting story, right? And in this story, we had a lot of questions about whether or not this particular billboard, which maybe you can or can't see, is illegal because it uses the intellectual property of an MMORPG called Final Fantasy XIV. And if you know me at all, you know I love Final Fantasy. If you've been in the BitCast, you've seen me advocate for it. It's probably my favorite video game series over the long term. It's been with me my entire life. But Final Fantasy XIV is online, and these individuals have used certain assets, potentially data mined for them, all in an effort to get people to go to what may be a not safe for work kind of community outing. And so we went over the materials usage agreement there. If you're interested in that, uh, I really do like it. It's a lot of fun. It is 45 minutes long because somebody on Twitter asked for a YouTube short. And well, frankly, that's what a YouTube short looks like, uh, at least to me. Uh, So if you are interested in that, please do check it out. Thank you so much for the super chat and for uh, saying kind things uh, about that video. I do find that uh, to be a fascinating set of circumstances. So I appreciate it. Uh, Also, Apple Pie, greetings to the Hogue of Light. Glad to see you and H&H back. Heart emoji, video game controller emoji. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I know I was getting comments, especially on Wednesday. They were like, wait, did did the show end? Are you dead? Is everything okay? Uh, That kind of, are you in a gutter? 
call that you might get from your mother, uh, depending on uh, how old you are or maybe not, uh, because I think I still get those calls uh, from time to time. But yes, my anticipated goal was to come back on the 5th of July, wound up having a lot of deal stuff I had to get done uh, that day. Then I took Wednesday off because obviously I was just worn out from all the hangouts and headlines that I had done the previous few days. Uh, and now back on Thursday and, and hopefully tomorrow schedule. And we're continuing to look at all of this and what works for me and what works for family life, what works for work life. You can see we started a 7.30 time right now. You saw that we have a new thumbnail style. We have a little intro video. We're trying to get everything up to speed in a way that I'm happy with uh, for what will be a continuing program here, I promise you. I just can't promise you that other things won't pop up from time to time. And while I do my best to try to put that kind of thing in the community tab, that isn't always going to be the case. Um, so I appreciate the folks that were concerned. I appreciate the folks uh, that were saying, uh, hey, where are you, Hogue? I definitely heard you. I definitely see those every time that they happen. I just try to get those notes out when I can. And I tried to respond to a number of those uh, comments. As Mrs. Hoaglaw says here, one of our family rules is don't panic because after all, we're all hoopy fruits who know where our towels are. Yeah? No? That reference doesn't do as well as we get further and further from the publishing of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it is an awesome book, one of my favorites. Please do check that out. Don't just stick with the Disney movie. It's not nearly as good uh, as the book. Um, did I show the intro video? I certainly tried. <laughs> I uh, I tried to put the intro video up. I hope that came across, uh, but uh, we'll see. I guess when the recording comes out, I'll check out uh, how that went. Uh, otherwise, yes, I, I tried to use the, the new intro video for Hangouts and Headlines. We also have a new intro video for uh, just the headlines and a new thumbnail style to hopefully separate those out a little bit more uh, for people in their heads. I know that was getting confusing for people and be like, I already watched this. It was great the first time. What are you doing? I'm trying to archive those things. And we're way behind, as always, uh, with that archival process. But I intend to get through that uh, this month. Never did I think I would find a video game's terms of service entertaining, says Callista, but I watched the video and here I am. Well, thank you. Yeah, we go over terms of service with a startling amount of frequency uh, in virtual reality because a lot of people have a lot of questions about that process and some of them are better written than others. So when we went and looked at the billboard question, I found, uh, much to my chagrin, uh, that playing Final Fantasy XIV actually involves four if not five or six documents. And I make a joke in that video about how the law kind of assumes as one of those legal fiction type things that I talk about from time to time, that people are going to have read every bit of those terms of service. And that's just not the case. And I'll tell you this, as a business lawyer who writes those kinds of documents, uh, navigating how they interconnect and the overlap that they have and what applies to what was not at all easy uh, and frankly, if we were in a court of law arguing these points, there are a number of areas of ambiguity that either side could win on when you look at terms of service like that. So end of the day, that's not how I would recommend writing them. That's not how I would recommend uh, dealing with things. I prefer everyone to understand exactly what's going on with respect to their contracts, regardless of which side of uh, a matter I'm on, because I think that helps in the long run. But there we are. So I'm glad you found it useful. I'm glad you checked out. Uh, some terms of service with me, uh, and we have some greetings from some various places. We've got Simi Valley, California, where it's very early in the morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Greetings from New York, not the city. Somewhere else in the great state of New York. 
Uh, and honestly, I've, I've been in upstate New York. I don't actually think I've, I've been in New York City proper. At least if I have, I'm not remembering. Uh, so I could certainly appreciate greetings from New York, not the city. Fort Wayne, Indiana, I've been to many, many times. Say hello to Tom. Oh, I will. I will say hello to Tom as soon as I see him again. Uh, currently, I am playing through uh, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, which I mentioned when people were saying, hey, you said Eorzea correctly for Final Fantasy XIV. Do you play? And I said, of course. I play all Final Fantasies. Uh, but I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online because my brother Tom is working at ZeniMax Online now on some super secret project that he refuses to tell me about. Uh, but I'm having a great time. They added a card game to it. Fascinating, fascinating game. Um, so I do recommend checking that out. Uh, yeah, we missed the intro video. My God. I said live. I clicked the intro video. You know what? Let's play it. Why not? We'll just put it in the middle of the video. Y'all can see it. I'm going to work on that button, but that's the intro. I swear I, I waited for it to say go live. I hit the intro video. I then joined you after that video. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'll figure that out as we go along. Every bit of this is practice and practice making perfect. Uh, that's why they call it the practice of law, even though this is not this is not legal advice. Um, so I'm, I will be working on it. Uh, not doing anything long with that intro video. You can see we've got some uh, fake headlines uh, about uh, video game and other stuff. Uh, especially Splatoon, since as some of you may know, my kids absolutely adore Splatoon as a franchise. Uh, so we got that in there. But I am sorry that you missed it. We're going to work on how that uh, that gets in there uh, better uh, the next time. I promise. Uh, I'm glad everybody likes it or at least seems to like it. Or if you don't like it, you're not actually adding to the chat right now. Uh, so I appreciate that as well. Uh, welcome from Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, we do have some comments on the intro video. Nice, nice. I like it. Intro super cool. Fantastic. Palm Springs, California. A couple of Californians here. That, that's too early for my blood. So I'm very glad. Uh, shout out to Chris LaRue from uh, my wife, uh, absolutely, for his amazing work on that. Yeah, and I'll be shouting out to him. I was planning on doing it after this video on Twitter. I may or may not because we didn't actually get it running properly outside of the middle of the video. So I might wait till I actually get that functioning to do that shout out, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, he worked with us. He did all the help on the branding here. He's fantastic. Uh, and you could always find uh, the link to his stuff uh, in the description to these videos uh, because I can't do any of this. You don't want to see me try to graphic design or create video intros or things like that. Hello from another New York City person. Dig the intro. Another Californian, Long Beach, California. Thank you so much. Uh, hot and steamy, hot and stormy Tennessee. Sorry, that got to be a different video there uh, for a moment. So I'm very sorry to hear about the storms. Truthfully, every time I've driven through Tennessee, it's been stormy. Uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Oh, thank you. I appreciate all the shout outs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I will shout you out more formally <laughs> when we get it working properly. That's just my fault from the StreamYard side of things. I swear I did it in a way I thought it would work and it did not. Uh, so we will uh, we will go from there and we'll see what we can do. And I'll get a little bit of a better handle on the timing for hitting those buttons. Uh, love the intro. Could you ask Ains how he does his with his countdowns? Yeah, I could ask Alita. I could ask Ains. I was being bullheaded. I was like, how hard could this be? We'll figure out how to push some buttons. We push a button. We come back onto the show. Boom, you're done. Uh, but yes, I can ask many of the people that I actually contact with regularly. Uh, hey, how do you uh, 
how do you set that up? What are the what are the buttons for that? So I, I could cease being bullheaded and, and try to get uh, uh, try to get uh, some help there. Absolutely, uh, could be steamy too. Literally, sure. If it's hot and it's stormy, you do have steam uh, sometimes with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Kit Kat asks, "Do you need help?" I like to think of that as more of an evergreen question uh, and not just specifically about getting the title video to roll uh, at the top of the videos. But uh, yeah, Hoglot uh, did roll just fine when I tried it in the middle. Sure. Absolutely. No problems. Greetings from Serbia. Well, hello there. Hi, Serbia. And morning from San Francisco. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Happy to see you active so early. Can't wait for a riveting series on EULAs and all the other legalese we skip over so much. Yes, if there are headlines about end-user license agreements, I will definitely cover them here. Yes, co-counsel, what is up? Oh, sure. The intro did roll at the beginning of that video, says co-counsel. Uh-oh. I might have to have a, a, a discussion with either co-counsel or with you all in chat. Um, so we'll see. I will check it in the archive, of course. Certainly people can miss it. And different folks connecting to things on the internet uh, might otherwise have issues. Uh, let's see here. Hang on one second. Just going to do that real quick. Um, and yeah, absolutely. If there's a headline on an end user license agreement or on anything else, chances are we'll cover it. Uh, but as always, we're going to get started in just a second here. If you've got a headline you're interested in talking about, if you think it would make for a good discussion, uh, either in the way it's reported or just in the subject matter discussed, uh, send me a tweet, send me a DM, because that's the way I get these things. That's the way I am most likely to see the recommendations you make. A lot of folks do. Um, a number of those come from that avenue. This one actually comes directly from me. Um, but, um, I love hearing from you and I love hearing what people are interested in discussing in this space. Now, with that said, I think we have some things to discuss here in Hangouts and Headlines. So let's take a look. So here is the headline that I put in the thumbnail to this video, uh, because it's more directly talking about what we are going to talk about today. But you'll note as you look at this particular headline from the Hill, that it's actually from June 22nd, which isn't that long ago in real life. It is a fairly long time ago in internet time. Uh, and this says, Judge dismisses latest bid from Fox Corp to toss Dominion lawsuit. Now, what we have to pay attention to in this headline, which is correct, uh, is the way that they describe Fox. So this references directly Fox Corp, Fox Corporation, the parent entity of how Fox does what it does out there. And I know some of you are going to have strong feelings about Fox News one way or the other. Can't really blame you for that, but we don't need to have those strong feelings necessarily to just analyze what this discussion is about. We'll probably get more into it when we talk about the actual lawsuit. Uh, so you don't have to worry there. But Fox Corporation is not Fox News, and it's not Fox Broadcasting. So keep that in mind as we look at how this is described. A judge in Delaware has dismissed the latest attempt from Fox Corp to throw out a lawsuit from voting systems company Dominion, which is suing the conservative media giant for defamation for claims made on its airwaves, falsely suggesting it was engaged in fraud during the 2020 election. Hey, YouTube bots, by the way. Yes, I did just say that sentence. I'm reading from an article. We can talk about this later, of course, uh, after you hurt the channel or otherwise demonetize this content. No problem. I'll see you on the other side, YouTube. In an opinion issued on Tuesday, Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric M. Davis 
denied a motion from Fox Corp to dismiss the suit, saying Dominion had sufficiently shown that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, who own and operate Fox News' parent company, might have knowingly allowed unproven claims about voter fraud to be aired on the channel. Now, we're going to look at this motion. We're going to actually look at the primary source material so we can talk about why I think this stuff is wrong as it's described to the average reader here. Specifically, this sufficiently shown. And I mentioned at the top of this video that one of the problems that I have with reporting on legal matters is that every single document, every motion, every fight that these parties have or any parties have in a legal dispute tends to be described in fairly black and white language. And I understand it's difficult to present nuance when you have a limited number of words that you want to use or a limited number of space uh, inches that you want to have if you're actually physically printing out your material. But we can do better than this, right? The only issue, the primary issue with understanding this paragraph is instead of saying sufficiently shown, you should say sufficiently pled or argued to the court or something along those lines, because nothing has been shown at the point in time where we're looking at these court cases. And what we'll see in the documents themselves that that is in fact the case. And it's obvious from the top of that document. <clears throat> Dominion asserted that Rupert Murdoch decided to promote former President Trump's narrative after Trump's condemnation of Fox damaged its stock and viewership, the filing noted. Davis ruled on Tuesday the voting system company adequately states a claim for defamation per se against Fox Corporation based on its theory of direct liability. And here, this language is far more accurate. Adequately states is what happened here. And the way these legal documents work is, and I think you've seen this if you've been in virtual legality with me for a little while, is you, you file a complaint document, right? You've got a problem with somebody. You file a lawsuit. And that complaint document tells the court system what it is you're arguing about. And when you tell the court system, you don't have to have like boxes of evidence. You're actually just filing a piece of paper uh, with that court system. And then the other side can say, well, even if everything you say is true, you didn't actually describe something that's illegal or something that the court can remedy. And so there's a motion that the other side can make that says, court, we don't want to waste your time. Courts are already overloaded. This set of documents, if you just assume that they're, everything that they say is true, it doesn't describe something that is actually illegal or if it's on the line that the court can do anything about. That's what's happening right now in this particular set of cases is that Fox News, Fox Corporation, and Fox Broadcasting have filed motions in their various lawsuits here to say, okay, even if you assume everything that they say is true, they haven't actually described something that is illegal or that the court has any ability to correct. The court noted that Fox Corp argued Dominion makes only conclusory allegations of supposed decision-making between Fox Corp and Fox News. Dominion sued the network last March for $1.6 billion in a motion in December to dismiss the case, which was denied. Fox, again, Fox being Fox News here, I believe, argued it did not create allegations against Dominion, but that they were reporting on the remarks of others, including former President Trump and his supporters. The outlet is also being sued by Smartmatic, another voting systems company, over similar claims about election fraud made on its network. So we're going to look at how these facts are described by the court in this particular motion. But the overall thrust of this case, for those that don't know, is that Dominion, which makes voting systems that collect and count votes for purposes of U.S. elections in certain jurisdictions, uh, became a topic of conversation on the Fox News channel after the election of 2020, 
and they feel that they were defamed by Fox. Fox says, hey, they brought on experts to have their commentary, uh, and that isn't something that they should be held against. And we don't need to get into the specifics there. Again, YouTube reviewer, uh, that's not what's important about this. We're talking about the reporting here. And this was actually brought to my attention because of a more recent headline yesterday that Fox News hires a new legal counsel. We're going to get to that towards the end of this video just to kind of wrap things up. But first and foremost, I want to talk about this particular document. This is a motion submitted March 15th, decided June 21st, and it says the following. This case is one of several that plaintiffs U.S. Dominion Inc., Dominion Voting Systems Inc., and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation filed in this court relating to media coverage of Dominion's role in the 2020 presidential election. In U.S. Dominion Inc. versus Fox News, this is the Fox News case, this is the most direct one, Dominion One, it's referred to in this document, Dominion alleges Fox News Network published defamatory statements accusing Dominion of election fraud. In the current case, Dominion filed a complaint that seeks to extend liability for the same statements to Fox News' parent company, Fox Corporation, and another of Fox Corporation's wholly owned subsidiaries, Fox Broadcasting Company, and together with Fox Corporation and the defendants. Defendants moved to dismiss the complaint on December 30th, 2021. So three entities here. Fox News, that's the one that I think everybody intuitively understands. If these are defamatory statements, that's where the liability would most naturally lie. Then Fox News's parent company, Fox Corporation, and Fox News's brother or sister company, Fox Broadcasting. And basically the way this works is that Fox Corporation is the Murdochs. They own everything. Uh, they're alleged to control all of this. We'll see that in writing here. Fox Broadcasting handles what looks to be the, the internet arm, the various places that you otherwise republish the things that might otherwise appear on Fox News. And in this motion, even though Judge dismisses latest bid uh, to toss Dominion lawsuit, in this motion, you'll have a win for Fox and a loss for Fox, with the result being that Fox Corporation, that parent company, stays in the court case. But that isn't at all evidence from headlines like this or from the reporting done uh, in an article like this one. And when you've got three companies that all share the same first name, uh, you really have to be careful about this reporting. And I'm not saying this to drag the hill or otherwise throw them uh, in the mud. Every single outlet does this kind of thing and, and tries to allied past some of the details, not just with this case, but with other cases. Uh, and it's important to get those details right when you're talking about these kinds of things. For the reasons explained below, the court holds that the complaint, as defined below, adequately states a claim for defamation per se against Fox Corporation. The court also holds that the complaint fails to state a claim against Fox Broadcasting. So a win and a loss. Factual background. Unless otherwise indicated, the following facts are stated as alleged in the complaint. So whereas you get to the end of a trial and you'll have a factual background section that says what the court's findings are, that is not the case here. The court doesn't have findings. It only has documents presented by the two sides arguing about process. For purposes of this motion, the court must view all well-pled facts alleged in the complaint as true and in the light most favorable to Dominion. That is the most important thing to take away from this document when we're starting on it and how it should be reported on in the news. The court has a stance that has to assume everything Dominion says is true. As such, the court will not necessarily use terms like alleged facts or purported facts throughout. Additionally, this section tracks the facts in the order alleged in the complaint. So 
Here, the court's giving you a warning. Hey, reporters. Hey, other parties. We're not going to spend the time saying all these facts are as alleged because that's just a waste and it confuses sentences and everything else. But we're going to put up at the top an umbrella statement that says, we understand these are all just allegations. We have to assume they are correct in order to have this conversation. The underlying allegations, Dominion's defamation claim against Fox Corporation and Fox Broadcasting concern the same statements as set out in the defamation claim against Fox News. Now understand, from a corporate governance kind of standpoint, entities, regardless of whether they have ownership interests in other entities, are not in and of themselves supposed to have liability for the acts of their subsidiaries or from a, a sister or brother corporation or what have you, be, just because of that ownership or other equity connection. There's supposed to be something direct. That's called uh, the corporate veil, uh, that we have entities that are otherwise in existence that protect themselves from the acts of other entities, even if they're in the ownership chain. But if somebody like Fox Corporation directly does something, orders something, otherwise gets involved with something at one of its subsidiary corporations, then it can be dragged into a court case like this one. So here, one of the allegations is that Fox News is uh, done something bad and that their parent company should be vicariously liable uh, for that. And also that Fox Corporation should be directly liable for that because of the acts of, in particular, Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch. In the days after the election, former President Trump continued to criticize Fox News and praise its competitors, including OANN and Newsmax. According to Dominion, the Fox entities decided to embrace and amplify former President Trump's election fraud narrative to win back viewers. Uh, because again, as alleged by Dominion, they say Fox News's audience had declined by more than 30% after it had taken some stances uh, against former President Trump, as described here, and then decided to go with former President Trump in order to win back viewers. Again, as Dominion alleges, Fox News began connecting Dominion with the election fraud narrative by November 8th, 2021. As detailed in the complaint and in Dominion 1, Dominion alleges that one, Fox News intentionally provided a platform for guests that Fox News' hosts knew would make false and defamatory statements of fact on the air. Two, Fox News through its hosts affirmed, endorsed, repeated, and agreed with those guests' statements. And three, Fox News republished those defamatory and false statements of fact on the air, Fox News's websites, Fox News's social media accounts, and Fox News's other digital platforms and subscription services. Dominion's theory in the current case is that Fox Corporation, acting through Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch and others, and acting through Fox News and Fox Broadcasting as its agents, and Fox Broadcasting acting with respect to any channels of publication it operated, including Fox.com, participated in the publication of the allegedly defamatory statements so that these other bodies operated directly with Fox News, who was doing the reporting, to publish these statements out into the world. Dominion alleges that Fox Corporation was directly involved in the defamatory scheme against it. Fox News is the profit center of Rupert Murdoch's American media empire. And you can see all these quotes here. These are Dominion's allegations. The complaint alleges that Rupert Murdoch controls everything within Fox News. Moreover, the complaint claims that the Murdochs played a direct role in participating, approving, and controlling the Fox News coverage of the 2020 election and its aftermath. So direct role here is important uh, because they're going to win on the direct liability pleading and not on the vicarious liability one. The complaint contains few factual allegations concerning Fox broadcasting. According to Dominion, the allegedly defamatory broadcasts aired not only on Fox News and foxnews.com, but also on fox.com, which is operated by Fox Broadcasting. 
Dominion states that Fox Broadcasting took instruction from Fox Corporation and Fox News to publish the statements. And this first line here will be the death knell for their Fox Broadcasting claim. The complaint contains a few factual allegations concerning Fox Broadcasting. They didn't actually plead enough, and that's what the court will hold against them. Oh, turn that first. We have a bunch of procedural things here we're going to skip. <clears throat> but what's important, again, is this standard of review. Under Delaware law, a party may move to dismiss under this Civil Rule 12b-6 for failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. So 12b-6 is the rule that says what I talked about earlier, which is, yes, we can clear this out if you assume everything's true and there still isn't a claim that can be actually made. In considering a Rule 12b-6 motion, the court, one, accepts as true all well-pleaded factual allegations in the complaint. Two, credits vague allegations if they give the opposing party notice of a claim. Three, draws all reasonable factual inferences in favor of the non-moving party, that's Dominion. And four, denies dismissal if recovery on the claim is reasonably conceivable, which is language that is very, very broad. Is there any possible way that these particular claims as pled could result in something that gives damages uh, to Dominion? If that is in fact the case, the, the court is not supposed to kick it out, which you can understand, right? We don't want the court to get in the middle of things and kick things out that could possibly lead to redress, to a claim that is valid from the other party. We only want this kind of motion to kick out things that are absolutely not going to go anywhere. Uh, and the court doesn't find that to be the case here. Now, as I said, there's a bunch of pages discussing uh, what is essentially a statute of limitations argument, uh, which isn't that interesting unless you're in practice here. Uh, and then we get to the merits. Dominion alleges Fox Corporation is both directly and vicariously liable for the statements of Fox News. As explained below, the court holds Dominion adequately states a claim for defamation per se against Fox Corporation. Based on its theory of direct liability, Dominion adequately pleads proximate causation and Dominion adequately pleads actual malice. Adequately pleads is not the same as shows or proves. <clears throat> Which I think is evident on its face, but you wouldn't know it from the way court cases are regularly reported on. Defendants claim that to hold Fox Corporation directly liable for defamation, Dominion must plead that one of its employees had an affirmative role in the preparation or editing of the challenge statements. Here, the complaint pleads facts permitting a reasonable inference that Fox Corporation participated in the creation and publication of those statements. Specifically, Dominion pleaded, one, that Fox Corporation relies on Fox News as its main profit vehicle. Two, that the executives of Fox Corporation, particularly Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, have historically exercised a high level of control over the day-to-day -day operations of Fox News, with Fox News publicly identifying Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch as part of its executive staff or executive leadership. Three, Rupert and Lachlan were closely involved with decisions relating to Fox News' coverage of the 2020 presidential election. Four, the executives of Fox Corporation believed Fox News would benefit if it endorsed former President Trump's election fraud narrative and suffer if it did not. Five, thus the executives of Fox Corporations pressured Fox News to lure the Fox audience back home and encouraged on-air personalities to perpetuate false claims against Dominion. <clears throat> and six, Fox Corporation rewarded those at Fox News who complied with the alleged instructions and punished those who did not. This is not the court's finding, to be clear, but it is what Dominion pleaded. And in that pleading, you can see how a reasonable in inference could happen if you assume all of this is true. If you assume every single one of these allegations is true, then... Fox Corporation could be directly liable 
because they're doing things like punishing and rewarding and encouraging. Uh, and that can potentially be something that would result in a legal issue and that Dominion would have the right to redress for. Again, when we're looking at something like this, it's important to understand that the court is assuming all of these things are true. Next, Dominion adequately pleads that Fox Corporation approximately caused its alleged injuries. And they find that because of everything that we talked about before. Rupert controls everything. When Fox News viewership declined after the election, Rupert stepped in to call the shots directly. Rupert encouraged on-air personalities to perpetuate baseless claims, says Dominion. And Fox Corporation rewarded those at Fox News who complied and punished those who did not. The court is satisfied that at this stage of the proceedings, Dominion has adequately pleaded proximate causation and they adequately plead actual malice. We talked about this in Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, of course, but actual malice is a very hard standard. Dominion as a public actor in a field of political importance actually has to meet an actual malice standard in order to win a defamation claim against it. And that's a tricky thing to do. Here, Dominion alleges Fox Corporation carried out its tortious conduct, illegal, through Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch and others. The relevant allegations in this complaint are, one, that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch caused Fox News to broadcast false claims about Dominion, even though they did not personally believe former President Trump's election fraud narrative. Two, on November 6th, 2020, a newspaper reported that Rupert Murdoch spoke with former President Trump and informed him that he had lost the election. Three, the day after the election, Rupert Murdoch allegedly called a Republican leader, urging him to ask other senior Republicans to refuse to endorse Mr. Trump's conspiracy theories and baseless claims of fraud. And four, other newspapers under Rupert Murdoch's control, including the Wall Street Journal and New York Post, condemned President Trump's claims and urged him to concede defeat. So again, actual malice requires a certain either knowledge of falsity or reckless disregard for truthfulness. And here, what the court found persuasive was that there was evidence that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch controlled Fox Corporation, which controlled Fox News. They did all the things that we just talked about in this pleading. And further, that the other elements of Rupert Murdoch's empire and Rupert Murdoch himself had gone out there and saying, don't believe these baseless allegations that they would then publish on Fox News through a subsidiary corporation. And again, if you assume all of this is true, you can see how actual malice could be proved or at least implied. And so you can understand why it would survive this particular uh, motion to dismiss, even though it might not be a winning argument. And certainly folks that are interested in kind of the First Amendment side of things and when you can have guests on and what those guests are allowed to say and what you can get in trouble for in terms of republishing, broadcasting, et cetera, are going to be interested in this as it moves forward. But right now, it makes all the sense in the world to not dismiss a claim like this. Now, the motion is granted, meaning it is dismissed with respect to Fox Broadcasting, primarily because the court finds that Dominion did not adequately plead that Fox Broadcasting acted with actual malice. What's important about this, and you see this, and I'm skipping through it in this document, is that corporations, entities, they don't have mens rea. They don't have mental states. So you have to tie something like actual malice as a standard to an actual individual that works at the company that you're bringing into a lawsuit. And here, the primary issue that the court winds up having is that Dominion didn't bring in anyone that relates to uh, their actual mental state. The complaint contains no well-pleaded factual allegations that any specific person at Fox Broadcasting was subjectively aware of anything. And you needed a certain amount of awareness to have a certain amount of falsity. And this is the end of this document. But what's important here is that this is the motion to dismiss stage. 
that nothing has been shown regardless of what the Hill says. And they get even more confused as of yesterday. This is the reason that I wound up bringing this up, right? So this is as of July 6th, 2022. Headline, Fox News hires new legal counsel in defamation case with Dominion. Now, this headline says Fox News, but it's a little bit unclear as to who hired this and why as we dive into the article. Fox News has added a new lawyer as part of its legal team in its fight with Dominion Voting Systems, which is suing the cable news giant for defamation after it aired false claims about voter fraud following the 2020 election. Fox has hired Dan Webb, a veteran defense attorney and high-profile lawyer. Webb is the former United States attorney for the Northern District of Illinois and was the special counsel investigating the Iran-Contra scandal of the 1980s. More recently, if you remember this name, he was appointed to serve as special counsel investigating how officials in Chicago handled a case involving actor Jesse Smollett. He was the special prosecutor in the Smollett case. Uh, and he's got a lot of experience in trial litigation, Fox says. Late last month, in the document that we just went through, a superior court judge in Delaware dismissed a motion from Fox Corp to dismiss the suit, the suit, saying Dominion had sufficiently shown Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, who own and operate Fox News' parent company, might have knowingly allowed unproven claims about voter fraud to be aired on the channel. And more specifically, it's that they knew that they were uh, false <laughs> when they were when they were aired. And this description is really kind of butchering everything, not the least of which is that it's not a single suit. Fox Corp and Fox Broadcasting are in a different lawsuit than Fox News. And it's a little bit unclear as you read through this, who, who actually hired this guy? Is it Fox News? Is it Fox Corp? Is it Fox Broadcasting? Probably not, since we just saw them most recently dismissed. Does it matter? It could, because those entities might have a conflict of interest. Uh, and so it's interesting to follow. Fox's legal team, again, just dropping all pretense here, right? We've got Fox Corp reference. We've got Fox News in the headline, and now it's Fox. Fox's legal team has sought to have the case dismissed on First Amendment grounds, arguing many of the false claims about voter fraud aired by the network were made by guests on the channel. They say limiting the ability of the press to report freely on the American election process stands in stark contrast to the liberties on which this nation was founded. Confident we will prevail in this case as the First Amendment is the foundation of our democracy and freedom of the press must be protected. And who knows how that will go in the long run? Maybe we'll continue to cover it if there's more headlines or things of interest to discuss. Fox is also facing a lawsuit from a separate voting systems company, Smartmatic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So they hire a new lawyer, which is how this came to my attention, which is interesting in and of itself, that it's the Jussie Smollett prosecutor or special prosecutor is interesting since we did actually talk about uh, that case on some other channels uh, in this space. Uh, and then that the Hill continues to report on what was sufficiently shown and describing the standards here. Uh, so if not inaccurately, uh, at least ambiguously and confusingly for folks that don't do what we just did and go through this whole process, uh, I did want to comment on because this isn't unique to something as politically fraught as Fox and Dominion or otherwise, uh, which I've said enough now that I'm sure that there'll probably be a little note uh, talking about uh, various allegations in the 2020 presidential election under this YouTube video, but um, that this isn't limited to things like this. I just happened to see it uh, most recently, and I thought it was an interesting motion and discussion to have since this will be a case, I think, uh, that will be of uh, significant interest moving forward. Um, so that's headlines for today. Um, that's what I wanted to discuss with you. Obviously, we went into uh, some, uh, some also some court uh, document reading, as we like to do in this space. Uh, but what do you all think? What are your comments on this? Do you find the way that 
articles describe things like motion practice, things like motions to dismiss and otherwise to be problematic? Or is this just a lawyer sitting here getting overly concerned about small details uh, and uh, basically everything is operating fine when you see articles uh, like that one? I'm more than happy uh, to have constructive criticism on those kinds of things, but it is of interest to me. Uh, let's see what we have in terms of commentary. Um, uh, it's mostly just Mrs. Hoglaw uh, talking with folks, having fun. I think there's some recipes being traded around uh, here. So, hey, if we want to do a short opening video to get back into the swing of things on Hangouts and Headlines, that's more than fine with me. Um, let's, uh, we have arguments about the merits of the case, which is totally fine. Those are perfectly good discussion points. Um, I really like the new intros, Hogue. It's always nice to, to, nice to hear. Thank you, the Heathers. I appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's just where we wind up today. Uh, Sardinism's here. Uh, my bet is Fox Corp has a new lawyer to kick conflict of interest versus Fox News. Very, very well could be. Um, again, those are the kinds of details I would like to know. You know, what are the teams of the two entities? Are they sharing teams? Um, because it does seem like there's a potential conflict of interest there. Uh, and if you have a conflict of interest, which means what it says, right? Some people ask me, what do you mean by conflict of interest? It means that Fox News and Fox Broadcasting might not be entirely aligned with either the strategies or what they want to do going forward, because it could be to one or the other party's benefit to put blame on the other party or to otherwise do various things that help them, but hurt the other side, which means that you shouldn't have the same lawyer necessarily uh, representing both entities. Um, headlines and recipes. Sure. We'll do, we'll do some, we'll do some recipes. We'll have Miss Hoglaw come on at the end of every episode uh, with her favorite, uh, with her favorite recipe um, just to, just to finish things off. Uh, Delaware because of dominion. I think it's Delaware because of both. Uh, honestly, it's under New York law by stipulation, uh, which I skipped. That's part of the document there. Um, and there's a fight over whether the statute of limitations rules in New York should apply. The court finds that they shouldn't, that the stipulation is for substantive law and not procedural law. whole bunch of stuff uh, that I skipped there uh, because it wasn't as interesting and it wasn't reported on at all uh, in the headlines that I was looking at. Uh, but yes, Delaware, because the corporate location uh, for these entities is Delaware. And if you don't know, most companies are actually founded uh, in Delaware. They are in domicile in Delaware through accidents of history that I might do a video on at some point. Uh, that's pretty interesting. We have a new member. What if Jenny became a U YouTube member? What if Jenny? I get that. It's a good name. Thank you so much for becoming a member. Absolutely. Uh, love it. Um, see here. Graham says, I'm just surprised anyone would go against Fox a la Murdoch in general. Well, sure. I mean, if Dominion really thinks that their business was strongly and negatively affected by all this, uh, there's every reason to do that. I mean, if they actually think they have a billion plus dollar argument, that's when you can draw in a lot of lawyers, have a lot of litigation, get into it uh, more specifically. But yeah, it's a, it's a big uh, gun to go after and, and we'll see how they do, certainly. Yes. What if anything, Secret McSquirrel? Exactly. What if Jenny? <laughs> perfect name. Perfect name. Uh, can we talk about Boris resigning? Did Boris Johnson resi resign this morning? This is what I, I wake up. I do hangouts and headlines. Uh, I'm not up to speed on uh, UK news items. Certainly, it seemed like it was going that direction when a number of his, um, is it a cabinet in the UK? I apologize. 
uh, UK viewers, but his close associates uh, abruptly resigned in the past uh, few days. Uh, and so that doesn't come as a major surprise, but obviously uh, that puts the, the, the UK in a bit of turmoil. Uh, and we'll certainly follow that from here, uh, at least from a politics perspective. Uh, he resigned. Yeah, technically he resigned, but wants to hang on. Isn't that the dream? Hey, employer, I would really like my salary and whatever benefits you provide, but I don't want to do the work anymore. Um, so I'd like to resign, uh, but not not actually resign. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we do have verification that it's still a cabinet uh, in the UK. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks. Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, he resigned from the Tories, the party, uh, and the prime minister seat, but will hold it until they find a replacement. Oh, okay. So he's resigning uh, like a Supreme Court justice, I guess. Uh, we saw that with Breyer uh, resigning until the replacement could be could be named. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I appreciate it. See, we're getting news. Not only am I presenting headlines, you all are presenting headlines. Uh, and I appreciate that. That's, that's interesting. Uh, he lost 59 cabinet members in total. He couldn't stay on. Yeah, it seemed like it was collapsing. Again, United States citizen here. I'm only watching from afar, as I know a number of you do, uh, come in this direction as well. Uh, but certainly it seemed like it was in free fall for a few days now. Uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, Dominion has every right, innocent until proven, and Murdoch had nothing. Um, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Again, substance there uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, discovery, actually seeing evidence on these various things. Because while we do want news articles and opinion pieces uh, to be allowed that, that advocate for um, different theories and have that battle of ideas. We don't want publications to just be promoting falsity uh, specifically. So it'll be interesting to see uh, going forward. Um, my wife is just saying, hello, Finland. Might just be because she uh, enjoys Finland. Might be because someone has said that they are uh, joining us from Finland. Are you going to cover other Dominion lawsuits? I am going to continue to cover things that I find of interest, especially in the way that they are reported on. Uh, and that might be Dominion lawsuits going forward. If I do a fulsome lawsuit discussion, it would probably be in Virtual Legality Prime, uh, the video on demand episodes that I, I do uh, as, as my bread and butter here uh, on the channel that goes into things a little bit more in depth uh, and, and has a little bit more research backing various aspects of them rather than just kind of diving into the headlines here. Um, Sharon, with the pun of the morning, Maybe Law and Lumber can design them a new cabinet. LOL. Have to highlight that one. I love it. I love puns. You can always bring your puns here. Uh, I will respect them. And then I think I think we're just going to call it early this morning because we're on to banana bread recipes. Um, so uh, my wife does make an excellent banana bread. Hopefully you have this chat. Otherwise, my voice is going a little bit early this morning. We're going to get back up. <clears throat> to steam. Otherwise, I'm going to work on the buttons. Here comes co-counsel. So we're going to be doing something else. What? <coughs> There's a question earlier that I was tagged in. Okay. What do we have here? Question from Spark Tabulous. Shouldn't what Fox News has aired and published live on cable TV be held to the same scrutiny as the print press? Yeah, it will be. It will absolutely be held to the same scrutiny uh, as the print press. Uh, what matters, though, is whether or not what they have published was effectively knowingly false. 
uh, when we're talking about issues of public concern, which you would hope is everything that appears on something like a Fox News or a CNN or other news broadcasting channels, that those are items of public concern, generally rising to require an actual malice standard. And so as long as you don't know it's false and you aren't recklessly indifferent to its falsity, we want you to be able to have a kind of broad brush approach to what you can put up there. At least that's what's been determined in the American legal system so far. And, and the Supreme Court actually just passed on reviewing uh, this standard, that actual malice standard for public figures, issues of public concern. Um, recently, they did not take up a case that would have allowed them to review that and adjust it. So we can assume that it is going to be the working standard for the foreseeable future as of right now. And so I appreciate the question. Uh, and thank you, co-counsel. I am going to get out of here now. I'm going to work on my voice, maybe have a little bit more lemon tea. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me in Hangouts and Headlines this morning. I really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, let folks know uh, that we're going to be doing this on a regular basis. Uh, uh, going forward, we got the new intro video. I'm going to work on hitting the buttons properly, et cetera, et cetera. And otherwise, have a fantastic Thursday, and I will see you on the next episode of Virtual Legality.